Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories of encounters with God. I am your host, Robin, and I am here with Katie and Lindy. And before we get started today, we want to tell you about some exciting news. Y'all heard us talk a lot about Discover Your Story, and Bible studies are really starting to <laughs> ramp up all over. We've shipped, we've shipped all yes. over. And we now have some exciting <laughs> news straight from us. <laughs> well, I have to tell all of you, I mean, for those of you who know me, my heart is really just to lead women in knowing God, learning more about the Bible, really digging into scripture. And God really spoke to me this past weekend of just offering for those of you who, you know, we've had people say, oh, I'm interested in Discover Your Story, but I don't have a small group to be in. And so I just thought, you know what, why don't I lead a small group? I am excited to say that I'm going to be leading a small group on Tuesday nights. It's going to be um, beginning on Tuesday, September 29th, the last Tuesday in September, and running for eight weeks until the Tuesday before uh, the week of Thanksgiving. So if you are interested, it's going to be from 7 until 8 p.m. Central Time, and it's going to be online. So anyone can join. I'm excited to see um, who God's going to bring in um, to a group. We can have people all over the United States um, join in with us and um, just really dig into God's Word and just be vulnerable and real with one another, learn from one another, encourage one another. So if that's something that you're interested in, I would love for you to join me. You can get more information on our Instagram account at Storytellers Live Podcast, or you can go um, and email us saying that you would like more information at info at storytellerslive.org. Yes, and on our Instagram page, we'll have a link in our bio. Yeah, so I'm excited. Yes. Now jumping into today's story, which we are so excited about, we have Allie from Nashville, Tennessee, and if you have seen the photo online, a lot of you may recognize that this is Allie Worthington, speaker and author, and she has been our <laughs> business coach for over a year and so when she said that she was willing to share her story we were so excited one I've known her story for a long time and it is a very powerful story Mm -hmm. and she's actually just written a book that really is her story that she'll talk about at the end Mm -hmm. but we are thrilled to hear what she has to say we are we actually titled it stepping out in faith so if there's anyone out there who has been hesitant to follow God's calling This is the story that you need to hear, really trusting God, believing that he is going to be there with you, and all you have to do is take that first step. So here's Allie. Before today's episode, we want to tell you about our partnership with Never Thirst. Never Thirst is a ministry that brings clean and living water to unreached communities in Africa and Asia. That's right. Um, You know, one thing I did not realize before we met with Never Thirst was that there are nearly 800 million people that still lack access to clean water today. And there's over 2,300 children that die every day from waterborne disease and poor sanitation, and Never Thirst is making a difference with that. And one of the most unique things is that they don't just go in and provide clean water, but they partner with the local communities. And before they can even begin building the well, they have 100% buy-in from the local church and someone on on the ground in that city. Mm-hmm. That's right. So join us in partnering with Never Thirst. You can follow their Instagram at Never Thirst Water or visit their website at neverthirstwater.org backslash storytellers. Hi there. I'm Allie Worthington. I live outside of Nashville with my husband and five sons, which roughly equates to a million people. (laughs) Uh, The boys are 12, 14, 16, 19, and 21. We also have a golden retriever who refuses to retrieve, and we are adopting a new golden retriever this fall because 
Like many people, we have decided to get a pandemic puppy. Our first <laughs> our first puppy ever, our last golden was a rescue. So it's going to be super interesting. I have a story to tell you today, but before I tell you the most recent story, I want to give you a little background on me, where I come from, what happened in my life, and that's going to kind of shine a light on so many things in the story that comes. So here we go. I grew up in the foothills of East Tennessee, just outside of Knoxville. My mom and my dad and I, I was an only child, and right before I turned three, we had a horrible car accident. My mom was driving, my dad was in the passenger seat, I was in the back, and tragically my dad died. The doctors told my mom that I wasn't going to make it, and if I made it, I would have terrible brain damage. Miraculously, I, I survived. I don't I found leaving the hospital, I can remember my mom's sadness. She was in a body cast. She was grieving and she was penniless. She didn't have any way to support herself. But my grandfather had a barn next to his house, an unused barn, and my dad was a carpenter and all of his friends came together and worked to turn that barn into a home for us so we would have somewhere to live. And through the years growing up with mom, mom recovered some of the sadness remained, but she taught me how to love God, and she learned. She taught me that no matter what storm life brings us, He's going to see us through. And I grew up, got married, had a gazillion children, <laughs> and found myself at age forty running my own business. I was an author and a speaker, and a woman came into my life and kind of changed everything, turned it upside down, and. Her name was Christine Kane. Some people have heard of her. She's an evangelist. And we met accidentally at a social event. And she walked up to me and said, I hear you're who I need to talk to about what I want to build next. And I don't know how I had the gumption to say it at the time, but I said, yes, I am. <laughs> so we exchanged numbers. And that vision that she had ended up turning into Propel Women. So I had the honor of working as the founding COO of Propel Women, that global ministry, for almost four years. And to me, I had found my dream job. That was amazing. The, the home office was in California, but I could work from home here in Tennessee. So I was still with my kids, and I would go to California you know, every couple of months for a couple of days and check in with the team. I like to joke that I was, I was remote working before it became cool. And I really thought that that's what I would do for the rest of my life. I thought that everything that I had done, that I had built up through the years in business and speaking, that it was all preparing for the work of the ministry. Like having a business was okay, but the really important thing was moving into the ministry. And this is, this is what I meant to do. And it was my dream job. I, I, couldn't have, I couldn't have been happier at it. And I went to If Gathering in 2017 and just went to sit and to listen and to, you know, take in the speakers and the worship and just figure out what God was saying to me and be encouraged. Just sit and rest and have a great time. And on the opening night, I'll never forget, the first worship song is played. Second worship song comes on. I have no idea what the worship song is. I can't remember now. But I remember standing, hands in the air singing, and God said, leave clear as day in my spirit. It wasn't audible. If it was audible, it might have terrified me. <laughs> but you know how sometimes God will put something in your heart and he will illuminate all the context that you need for what he's saying? 
And he only has to say a word, but you know what he's talking about. And you know that you know that you know. And I was devastated because in my mind, I wasn't sure if I did something wrong that, that I had, I had, you know, messed things up so badly that now I didn't deserve to work in a ministry that was he upset with me? I don't understand. I what I had done for too long is I think that I had confused ministry with being better than work outside the church or work outside of a ministry. And in in that moment, I thought, oh, well, I'm, I'm not good enough to do ministry anymore. I, I don't know. I didn't know where I was going next, but I just knew that I wasn't where God wanted me to be. So I fly home to Nashville, get ready to tell my husband, Mark. And normally when I feel something, God feel like God is moving me in some way, I tell Mark. And sometimes, unfortunately, he's like, yeah, you need to do it even when I don't want to do it. You know what that's like? And so I come home and I tell Mark, hey, I think that I think it's time. And Mark said, you know, he didn't tell you when you had to go. He just told you to leave. So let's wait until he tells us when. And secretly, I was super relieved because I didn't want to leave. And so I could tell myself, I'm not disobeying the Lord because I need to wait till Mark is on board, right? But I knew I needed to go. I knew I needed to go. And it was the first time I've ever experienced kind of walking in extended disobedience where you know you're in disobedience and the love you have for something starts to wane because you know it isn't where you're supposed to be anymore. That's that's how it felt. I knew I needed to go, but I kept waiting for it to appeal to Mark for me to go. And Mark is a man that hears from the Lord, and I knew if the Lord was telling me to leave, he would work in Mark's heart soon enough. And again, also, I'm secretly relieved. And after a few months, I came down with a cold, just a normal cold, as we all do. Uh, anyone who has kids in school knows you their little Petri dishes. They bring home everything, some sort of random virus. But that virus went on for months. What started as a little cough became months of coughing. I coughed so much, I just about had abs. <laughs> and after five kids, nothing gives me abs but a couple of pairs of Spanx. But I coughed, I had chest pain, um, I had stomach pain, I had lost my voice. Anytime I tried to speak, I would just go into a huge bout of coughing, these coughing fits, and I couldn't talk. Everywhere I went, I had a big mug of hot tea and cough drops, and I was taking medicines, oh, so many kinds of medicines. I went into the doctor, I had different procedures to see what was wrong. I, I was a mess. And the constant coughing kept me up at night. You know, you can't lay down, you can't sleep, you're so uncomfortable. And one night in the middle of the night, I was coughing. It must have been 3 a.m. And I started coughing so much that I was crying because I couldn't catch my breath. And I said, Jesus, 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 tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And he said, do what I taught you to do and fight. Didn't say audibly, just said it in my spirit. That's, that sentence came up. Do what I taught you to do and fight. And what that's referencing was I had just written a book on fear and the whole on fear and fierce faith and fierce faith is all battle plans against specific types of fear, what we need to do step by step, the spiritual and the practical. But I had been so beaten down by my own disobedience and then by my own illness that I just forgot. I had to be reminded to not give up. I had to be reminded that I was not going to be beaten by this. I had to be reminded that I wasn't alone and reminded that he hadn't abandoned me. And in that season, 
he was just giving me the strength and the courage to start fighting. And so fighting for me then, it looked like it looked like going to more doctors. It was ex- more exploratory surgeries. It was medicine. It was essential oils. It was vitamins. I completely changed my diet. I used a neti pot, which is crazy. If you've never used a neti pot, basically you fill up a teapot with salt water and pour it in one nostril and it irrigates your brain and comes out the other side. It's, it's crazy. I did it all and we never found any answers. But what I figured out and what I slowly started discovering over the next couple of months is that my biggest problem wasn't Mark saying wait to leave. It wasn't my illness and my coughing fits. It wasn't my lack of voice. It was me. My real problem was my doubt. I doubted that God would take care of us if I left my job. Now, mind you, I write books about God. (laughs) I, I should have this down. But sometimes when we're in the middle of a storm, the enemy attacks and we forget what we know in our heart, right? And the thought of me leaving that job and not being able to take care of my family, because for us, I'm the breadwinner of our family. It just felt like something I couldn't bear. And in my self-doubt that I could, couldn't restart my business fast enough to support this giant family I have, I wasn't willing to take that step. Because I wasn't afraid so much of restarting my business again and struggling with it. Mark and I can survive financial struggles. We've been through it before. Back in 2008, I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, My husband had lost his job in 2007. So we run through our savings. 2008 comes. I have our youngest, the baby. Um, He is four weeks old, and we lose our home to foreclosure. Not only did we lose our home to foreclosure, we lost everything we owned except what would fit into two little pod storage units. We lost it all. I didn't keep the expensive things I had bought through the years. I I kept the big plastic tubs of kids' toys. So whenever we landed in life again, the kids would feel like they had their stuff. You know, we survived that. When the world falls down, Mark and I tend to pull together and we'd be just fine. But the memory of us losing everything was a little too fresh in my mind. Because the kids are older now, and I didn't want to put them through anything that they didn't have to suffer through. I knew the pain of growing up in a barn and being embarrassed about where I live, of just dreaming of drywall and baseboards and wall-to-wall carpet and not, not a wall that when I run my hand across the, the rough boards that I get splinters. I just wanted the life everyone else had with a, a dad that came home from work and and carpet in a neighborhood, and it was too raw. I knew the pain of not smiling because I was embarrassed about my teeth. I knew the pain of never inviting anybody to my house because I was ashamed. And the idea that I would just walk away from my job because God wanted me to, and what if? What if I I can't pull it together? What if I can't restart my business? What if, and this is my big fear, what if it was God's plan this time for me to suffer a little bit? And this is my biggest fear. What if the kids became the casualty of me following my calling? What if me stepping out in faith hurts my kids' faith? What if me saying, God's called me to leave this job, and I can't take care of us, and everything goes downhill, what if that hurts their faith? That was paralyzing to me. And the pain I was in emotionally was coming out as my pain and my sickness physically. And I knew God was calling me to fight. I had to fight my fear. I had to fight to obey. I had to fight and find my courage. I was so sick that I had taken a week off of work, a doctor's orders, you know, recovery. I had just had another procedure to try to figure out what was wrong. 
and I was curled up on the couch one day, just kind of, I had a laptop to the side of me. I had books on my lap. I had a laptop to the side of me and a Bible study was on. And I kind of felt like God was telling me to pay attention. She was teaching from the book of Numbers. So I felt like God wanted me to pay attention. So I thought, okay, well, I'll I'll open up the book of Numbers. And I open up to Numbers 20, where Moses is leading the Israelites, and he gets mad at them, and he strikes the rock, and water comes out. And he messes everything up because God had just told him to speak to the rock, and water would flow out. Big difference. Moses gets mad, has this big stick, strikes the rock, water goes everywhere. And you know what happens next. Moses doesn't get to go into the promised land because of it. Without one decision, Moses disobeyed God out of his own anger. And God, who was slow to anger, ever patient, had just had enough. And Moses missed out on the perfect future that God had for him in that moment. And I realized God wasn't asking me to hit a rock with a stick that day. But he brought me to that passage to read a story about a person whom God loved so much whom God was patient with, who was a friend of God, and who said yes to partnering with him, but he missed out on God's best for him because of his disobedience. And I sat there on that couch, and I felt afraid of God. I didn't feel afraid of him because he was mean or unjust, but because I was willingly doing wrong. Like Moses and all the Israelites, I got scared, and I doubted, and I complained, and I took matters into my own hands. And God, who is kind, And loving and slow to anger was showing me that where I was headed if I didn't change my ways. And he whispered to me in my spirit, don't miss what I have for you because of your unbelief. And I had a choice to make that day and the rest of my life really hung in the balance. I sat there on that couch and I wept. And just then, Mark came in the door from going to the store and he saw me and said, what happened to you? And I said, it's time. I have to go. I didn't bother to explain about the rock or the water or Moses, Mark could see it on my face that it was time. And just like that, we decided. We decided it was time to go, that we were going to risk it. We were going to step out in faith. We weren't going to let the pain of our past keep us stuck in disobedience, the, the pain from my childhood and the pain that we had just lived through the decade before of losing everything. So during that next month, I, I went to California. I put in my notice. I didn't want to, but I did. I put in my notice and I started rebuilding. And I wish I could tell you that it was easy. You know, I wish I could say that when we're walking in God's will and we're doing what God wants us to do, he's going to open doors and it's going to be easy. It's going to be great. It was really hard. It was a hard rebuilding time. Took a few months of building. And I mean building, like working six days days a week, all day long, showering a couple times a week and just grinding it out. Because that's what I needed to do in that season. I knew it wasn't going to be like that forever. But if I was going to build and I was going to be able to obey God and take care of my family, that's what I needed to do. And, you know, like I mentioned before, I used to think that if something was God's will, it would come easy. But through the years, I've learned that God will carry us across a thousand finish lines, but he expects us to lace up our shoes and get going. He will get us there. He will bring us wisdom and knowledge and everything we need But it is a partnership with him. It is something that we do together. But he expects us to do the work. If I had said, okay, God wants me to quit my job, and I'm just going to sit back here and wait on the Lord, well, we probably would have lost our house again. It's a partnership. And I realized in that season that 
I wasn't told to leave my work in a ministry to go into another kind of work, you know, back in the business world, coaching. I wasn't told to leave because I had done anything wrong. It's just my season that I was in there was over. That was my calling for a season, and now I'm in a new season, and this is my calling. So I laced up my shoes, and I got to work. I wasn't sure if it was going to work out or not. (laughs) And it's been a, oh gosh, I think it's been about a year and a half since I obeyed, and I walked away, and I opened that door to the next season. And I'm happy to tell you that God provided. Business is thriving. I didn't lose the house like the fear inside of me screamed I was going to. My family's fine. God walked me into that new season of building a business and speaking and coaching and writing in a way that I never could have imagined. And I can look back now, I can, you know, I kind of imagine myself looking back over my shoulder and say, oh, it all makes sense. Where he has me is exactly where I should be, and I'm doing exactly what I should be doing in this season. And he pushed, and he pushed, and he pushed, and he was gentle. He pushed me until I got stronger and stronger and stronger until my faith in him and my trust in him was so much stronger than my fear that I wasn't going to be able to do it. And I think one of the most important things I learned in this season is that he can be trusted, which is funny because like I said, I write books about what I go through with God and what he's teaching me and what I've learned and how other people can learn from that. And even though I've learned that lesson about 11 billion times, I still need to learn it. He's still going to give me opportunities to keep learning it. He's going to give me opportunities to learn in a fresh, new way all the time that he is good and he is faithful and he is true and he can be trusted. I mean, maybe we, maybe that's the way it is for all of us, right? And every time I relearn how good he is, how he can be trusted, I get more committed to listening to him and listening to him leading me. So I'm just trying to stay focused on listening for those little moments where he breaks through and says just a word or two or illuminates a part of scripture. I'm listening for him. And when I hear him, I want to keep obeying him. And when I talk about hearing God, so many people say, well, what is it? What does that actually mean? What does that look like to you? And I think everybody's different. You know, some people he illuminates scripture. Some people it's audible, which is crazy. Uh, It would be so cool if it was audible. For me, it's mostly just something in my spirit that I know, that I know, that I know it's from him. Some people it's a feeling. Some people it's just knowledge. But I never heard from him until I was 30 years old. And that was the first time I ever did. And through the years, the more I try to get quiet and listen and kind of lean in, the more he speaks, the more he is available and the more I find him kind of wooing me into the future that he wants me to have instead of me trying to run, you know, like a wily coyote outline through the door, right? So when I hear him, I want to keep obeying, even when it's scary, (laughs) even when I think it's going to kill me. And even though sometimes I think, what if this is the one time that God doesn't show up? Because that's our fear, right? And I want to keep watching him teach me how good he is, how he can be trusted, and how truly he is the good father that I needed so badly when I was a little girl. He always has been, and he always will be. Now, I share this story and lots of other lessons and things that God has taught me and what I feel like has been on my heart for women and what God wants women to hear in this season in my new book, Standing Strong, A Woman's Guide to Overcoming Adversity and Living with Confidence. I would love it if you picked up a copy when I was praying about two years ago about what the next book would be. I, I always go to the Lord and ask, you know, what's, what's the next book? 
And he brought to mind a piece of a prayer my mom used to pray over me every night. Because my mom used to pray that I would be a great woman of God, strong in my faith, and fearless as I face the future. And I pray that over my sons at night, that they would be great men of God. And he brought back this, this little piece of the prayer, and it was great woman of God. And I thought, well, that's dumb. That's not a good book. I must be just coming up with this on my own. So three weeks later, maybe a month later, I prayed and said, Lord, what, what do you want the next book to be about? And in my spirit, clear as day, I heard, I already told you. So I spent six months kind of wrestling through this. You know, what, what does this mean? What is this message that you have for women right now? What do you want women to know? This is not the book I wanted to write. <laughs> and I think part of it, of that, that six months of wrestling, was him showing me so many things that are going on in culture right now. All these messages that women are getting, like you're the hero of your own story. You just have to hustle and grind for your success and you know, everything is up to you. And if you work hard enough, you can do anything, that sort of thing. Some of the elements of that message aren't dangerous. But when that is the message, instead of, listen, God has great plans for you, both big and small, things other people will know about and things nobody else will know about. It's just between you and God. And if you partner with God, he will empower you. He will strengthen you. He will take care of you. And he has great plans for your life. That message is very different because the message that everything a woman does and her success in life is up to her and that she's the hero of her own story. It completely takes Jesus out of it. And Jesus is our only source of hope and life and strength and confidence and wisdom. And so he brought that to mind and he really wanted me to know that he had great plans for women alive in this world right now and that things were going to get hard and they needed encouragement and they needed to know that he wanted to partner with them partner with them on raising their kids, partner with them on writing their books, partner with them in growing their businesses. And of course, I couldn't have imagined what we were going to be living through in September 2020, two years ago, but God did. And I think that the message of standing strong is such a gift. It's a gift to me right now. <laughs> Things get really hard. I will flip through it because I think he wants us to know that, yeah, it's a hard season. It's a scary season, but he is here with you. He will not abandon you. He will not let you down, and he can be trusted. If you're interested, you can read Chapter 1 of Standing Strong right now. You can just go to AllieWorthington.com, and I have it all there for you for free. Thanks for letting me share my story of the last few years of my life and what God has taught me, even in those days where I was so sick I never thought I would get better, and I was so scared I couldn't see myself ever finding my way out. But the lesson he teaches me over and over and over again, that he is faithful. He is with us. He will not abandon us. He will not disappoint us. And yes, for sure, he can be trusted. Well, we say this all the time, <laughs> but we finish this story with a bajillion notes. We can go, we could talk forever. We could go in a thousand directions. Yes, we can. So we're just going to jump right yeah. in. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I feel like is happening in our stories over and over this semester in particular is people talking about hearing from God yeah. and the different ways that God mm. speaks to us. And she even talks about that a little bit in her story, you know, that she heard God very early on say, leave, mm -hmm. leave your job mm -hmm. and go. 
But I think, you know, one thing, too, that, that I found interesting after she heard that, you know, then she went to her husband, then she and, you know, the, I just have a tendency to just start talking with it with everybody else instead of like really sitting with God 100%. and talking to him. And she even said, you know, once she, you know, she said, people ask me how I hear God. And she says, I get still. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to do sometimes because mm-hmm. our tendency is to want to reach out to other people and be affirmed in what God's calling mm-hmm. us instead of sitting and being still with him. And she said, the, st- the more still she is, the louder he becomes. That's right. That's right. The more we talk to God, the more we can hear him, whether that's in our spirit or if you're like Robin, he speaks in the bathtub. <laughs> I mean, that, that kind of thing, whether it's but, through pictures, you mm-hmm. know, just, just different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, he does speak in several different ways. But one is journaling mm-hmm. because I am quiet and I am still. Mm-hmm. And I can find that when I'm journaling, there are times that I don't even know what I'm writing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's just the Holy Spirit leading the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I love to go back and read that because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, look at that great idea right there. That right. I did not write down. Right. 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 Well, and then you can go back and, and remember yeah. what he's yeah. done. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think also, you know, along those lines of, of hearing from him is, you know, sometimes when God calls us to do something or we really feel in our spirit that he's asking us to do something, we think that once we follow his lead, it's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And I just love the analogy that she said of just that God is going to carry you across the finish line, but you got to lace up your shoes and you've got to run the race. And it was just a reminder to me because, you know, I've had this talk with Robin before, even with Storytellers mm-hmm. Ministry, mm-hmm. just just obstacles that we've um, come up against. And, you know, wanting we, you know, I'm like, well, this should be easy. Right. If this is what God's <laughs> calling us to do, it yeah. should be easy. And you've had to remind me, Robin, you know, well, so, you know, a lot of times when God calls you to do something, it's not, it's easy. not easy. You know, you've got to persevere. Yeah. And that the enemy doesn't want it either. Right. Well, and the word, the word partner really struck me because she said, you know, God wants us to partner with him. And, and I was really processing that word as because it's come alongside, join. Yeah. We were sitting here discussing this beforehand of the word partner. And, you know, I think that you can look at it in one way as, you know, you're not putting yourself equal to God. What you're doing when you're partnering with God is you're you're taking this adventure with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he is God of the world. He does not need us, but he chooses to use us. Mm-hmm. We are and part so, of his grand right. story. He yes. wants to spend time with us. He wants to be with us. Mm-hmm. He wants us to partner with him because it's no fun to do anything by yourself. Right. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> or at least for me, extrovert, extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's fun by itself. Yeah. As a woman, I appreciated how Allie was just very honest in, okay, well, what if this new decision, this new direction, this new calling, what if it causes me to suffer? And or and my I think, children or, to or, suffer. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And, and I think as women, we can all relate to that mm-hmm. because we, you know, we live in a very comfortable bubble for the most part, mm-hmm. and we're not used to being uncomfortable. And, you know, at the end, when she was talking about that, it was truly unbelief that word struck me because it's, you can couch it as doubt and fear and maybe these other words, but truly it's not believing God. And that's why she called it disobedience. That's right. I, you know, people have heard me say this over and over again, but we, we mentioned that Beth Moore Bible study, believing God. It's an oldie, but a goodie. If you haven't done an old Beth Moore Bible study, go back because the one question that she always asks is, do you believe in God or do you believe God? It is a question I go back to 
so many times in my walk. I mean, just whether it's with my children or whether it's with right now my mom um, and, you know, taking care of her and that transition, my marriage. I mean, and it is a simple question for us to ask ourselves because it becomes so easy to live in that doubt and not even recognize that you're doing it. Right. Yeah, she says, you know, or God was telling her, don't miss what I have for you because of your unbelief. How many times do we not step out because of unbelief and we miss what he has for us? Which is his best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as she started talking about her book that um, that she has written, Standing Strong, I did love, you know, that one of the things that, that she's learned through writing the book and stepping out in faith for that as well is she said, you know, the lesson that I've learned is that he is faithful and for sure he can be trusted. Mm-hmm. I just liked how she was like, and for sure he can be trusted. It's just a good reminder for because us today. Because she saw it time and time again. You know, she didn't rest in her past. I think it's, I think it's easy for us to be fearful of our past almost absolutely to let kind of going back a little bit when she talked about growing up financially struggling and then the time that they went into bankruptcy it's so easy to allow your past to to hinder your decision making in the future or define your future Mm -hmm. allow your past to define your future and what the choices that you're going to make I want to get this book and maybe even get my daughters to read it because I feel like, you know, culture is telling us Mm -hmm. girl power and it's all about you and how you look and what you bring to the table. And and really, this is about, no, it's about God's power in you. So thanks for listening today. We hope you loved it as much as we did. I know we're thinking on different, we're still pondering different points and we've been listening to it now for a few days and we're still thinking about it. So we hope you do too. And you can find Allie at AllieWorthington.com and her books, wherever books are sold. And if you're new to our podcast, we would love for you to subscribe. We would love for you to rate and leave a review. We read them and they're always so encouraging. Uh, You can follow us at Storytellers Live Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find out any other information you want at StorytellersLive.org. We can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye.